Hello, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Matthew Audio Devotional. My name is Kayla Sluka, and I am excited to be back with you here today. Now, our passage for today comes from Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and it's actually in the middle of Jesus's teaching. So what I'm going to do is read the passage, give us a little refresher course from yesterday's episode, just to remind us where we're at in the larger course of scripture, and then we'll dive in a little deeper. All right, so let's begin. Starting in chapter one. For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing. So he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to the work in the vineyard. At noon and again and at three o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. These people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us who worked all day in the scorching heat. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay the last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those who are last now will be first and those who are first will be last. Let's just get a quick reminder of where we're at in scripture. Now, this parable is actually coming in the middle of some of Jesus's other teaching. It begins with the parable of the rich young ruler. If you'll remember, he came and he asked Jesus how or what he needed to do to be saved, to have eternal life. And Jesus, you know, walks him through a few things. And at the end, he says, sell all of your possessions to the poor or give the money to the poor and come follow me. And he went away sad because he had many possessions. And then in that moment, the disciples are questioning him about what is going on with this um, interaction with him and the rich young ruler. And he says it's very difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And his disciples are kind of like, well, this feels like it might be impossible for anybody to enter the kingdom of heaven. And, and this is where Jesus has that famous line with men, this is impossible with God. All things are possible. So this is where we're landing in scripture. Jesus is, is giving us another parable to back up his point from the situation, the interaction that he had with the rich young ruler. So in this passage, we have a landowner who has a vineyard and he needs some work done. Now, this is culturally normal for him to go and look for workers. And I actually um, I'm actually familiar with this because growing up on the border, there were some spots that generally people would congregate um, and they would wait until somebody would come up who would have work and say, hey, I need two guys. I need three guys. I need this many people for this 
work and this pay and they would agree and then get in the car and go work. So this is a fairly typical way that people would earn wages, especially um, this is generally something that would happen with people who might not have um, steady income, a sustainable way to make money, you know, so they are waiting for the opportunity to be hired. So he comes early in the morning and he gets some workers and then the landowner continues to do this. Um, Early in the morning is probably 5 or 6 a.m. He did it again at 9, noon, 3, and 5. End of the workday is an hour later. That's what scripture says, so around 6. And so he's hiring people for work in his vineyard all the way up until an hour before the end of the day. Now, at the end of the day comes and he tells the foreman to pay everybody a day's wage and everybody gets a day's wage. The last person who worked an hour got a day's wage and the people who worked early in the morning also get a day's wage. And the people who got there first are frustrated because they've been there longer. And honestly, this passage always kind of bothers me because I so much identify with the workers that were first hired. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? They had a fair ax to grind here. They were there first. They worked all day and they got paid the same amount as the people who were there at the end of the day. That doesn't seem fair. But when you get to the end of this parable, you can tell that there is a deeper, there's something deeper going on that Jesus is trying to get across to his disciples and then obviously us now as readers. So let's dig a little deeper and see what Jesus is trying to tell us. I've heard many great sermons on this passage, and honestly, there are a lot of amazing lessons here. But I want to offer a fresh perspective on the workers. As I was reading this passage, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to the workers, and I just want to share um, that fresh perspective that the Holy Spirit shared with me. I want to start with the workers who are hired at the end of the day. Let's go back to verse six, where it says at five o'clock that afternoon, he, the landowner, was in town again and saw some people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The first question that came to mind was, why hadn't anybody hired these workers? I don't have an answer and the passage doesn't tell us. Um, There could be many reasons why. I just think it's very interesting that you have these people standing around and nobody has hired them yet. And this is what the Holy Spirit brought to my mind as I was asking this question. It's very interesting that the vineyard or the landowner who owns the vineyard, he finds these people waiting with expectation, waiting with expectation. Now, if I were these particular workers, I would have gone at the beginning of the day waiting to be hired. And after, you know, the first few hours of not being hired, maybe once it hits nine o'clock and I'm still not hired, I honestly probably would have gone home and figured, well, nobody's going to hire me. There's no work left. So I'm going to go home. And I've This is the first time, honestly, that I've noticed the faith of those last workers. They stayed all day waiting for work, even up to the final hour 
Before the day is done, they stayed and they waited and waited with expectation to be hired. Now let's turn our attention to the workers that were hired at the beginning of the day. Like I said earlier, I've always related more to these workers because growing up, I was very much a goody two-shoes. That's what I was poked fun about most. Um, I wasn't perfect. Just ask my mom. I had a lot of attitude and her and my husband would probably say I still do. Um, but I, I didn't necessarily like rules, but I was a rule follower. I liked being on time. I liked doing things the right way. I wanted the approval from those who were setting the rules. I didn't like falling outside those boundaries. I didn't want to disappoint my mom. I didn't want to disappoint people who were in authority over me. So I've always related to these workers because I think, you know what, if I had worked all day and then these workers come in an hour before finish and they get paid the same amount, I think they might have a legitimate ax to grind. But Jesus is speaking to something deeper here. So I must be missing something, right? I must be missing something in this passage if I'm getting frustrated by it. So that's when I like to push in a little further. The other thing that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention about the workers who were hired at the beginning of the day is in their mind, they had this concept that if you work more, you get more pay, which honestly makes a lot of sense. But as the landowner says to them, we already agreed on a day's wage. You said it was a fair day's wage. So The landowner is not pulling the wool over anybody's eyes. This was an agreed wage. And they had essentially said, well, I know we said that, but these people didn't work as much. So obviously we're going to get more now, right? Which again, makes sense. But Jesus is pulling us in deeper. So the next question or thing that I began to ponder with the Holy Spirit was that at the end of this passage, the workers make it about equality or a perceived injustice when really it was about generosity. In verse 13, the landowner answers one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? In one of my favorite translations, the Holman Christian Standard Version, this is what it says. It says, don't I have the right to do what I want with my bent business? Are you jealous because I'm generous? And let me tell you, that line is where the Holy Spirit really dug in with me. Are you jealous because I'm generous? And let me tell you, friends, there are... There are and have been many times in my life that the answer to that question is a resounding yes. And that is because I have attached my identity 
to the things that I do, the amount I produce, my value is somehow linked with how many people's approval I gain. And I would say that the workers at the beginning of the day that were hired at the beginning of the day have done something similar because they've agreed on a wage. It's a fair wage. The landowner is paying a very fair wage. This is a full day's wage. He's not being a cheapskate. They've agreed to it. They've said, yes, we will do the work for this amount of pay. That's great. We have such a privilege of being hired first, of having the opportunity to work, to have an opportunity to have funds to support our families, right? But then they say, you have made them equal to us. And there you see this attachment to my work is my value. And therefore, since I worked longer than these people, I should be more valuable. I should have produced more and therefore moved up the ranks in your affirmation. And let me tell you, um, as someone who has father wounds that the Lord has worked on with me for a long time, I struggle with that in my relationship with God still to this day. I struggle to release the idea that somehow the things I do, the amount of approval I gain is directly linked to my value and how God sees me. And you have to remember, this passage is directly linked to his interaction with the rich young ruler. And his question is similar. Essentially, what do I have to do? What physical things do I have to do in order to gain enough value so that I may enter the kingdom of heaven, that I may enter into eternal life? Friends, our worth is not attached to how much we do or do not do. So I want to leave you with a couple of potentially challenging questions but how do you rejoice when you see others succeeding? How do you react when someone is a recipient of grace and generosity? When we know that our identity is in Christ, and like these workers at the beginning of the day, when we know that we, were, we will get our fair wage, we are already promised to be taken care of at the end of the day. There is no need to compare successes or generosity to each other. I encourage us to rejoice with those who receive God's generosity. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for your generosity. Help us to rejoice with others when they receive your generosity as well. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.